You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Markay from the Markay Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. First of all, thanks for listening to the Markay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Markay Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. Man, where did the time go? It's already like it's already the time for the show and stuff. It's crazy. It's almost like uh, I walked in here. It was ten o'clock. Now it's ten o seven. And time really flies when you're totally unprepared. 855-765-1045 is our number, by the way. 855-765. I don't even know if we're streaming live yet, but I'll tell you, there's just so much going on. And that's what happens. That's what happens. You have a big news day. You have all this stuff leaking out about, about your presidential candidates. You have all this information that you want to get out to the public and you want to make sure that you're clear. There's a lot of curse words that we had to make sure we could say or couldn't say on the, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of regulation that goes into what we do and we want to make sure that we're 100% compliant. So that's why all of a sudden the other Josh is yelling at me going, hey, you're on the air. And I go, what? Oh, my God. Uh, but, you know, but look, that just means that once we get our bearings, once we get everything situated, it's going to be a fantastic show. 855-765-1045. All right. I'm setting the bar a little high for myself. It's going to be a show. Whether or not it's fantastic or not, we'll leave that. I don't, I don't want to, like, put words. I don't want you to, like, build up your you guys decide on whether or not. This show is uh, this show is any good. 855-765-1045. If you want to leave us an open mic message, too, feel free to do that. And when I say feel free to do that, I mean it's free. There's no charge for it. You go to the App Store, you download our mobile app. It's 104.5 WOKV in the uh, Google Play Store or iTunes. And then you just hit, hit the open mic button. And we should really make a video to show people just how easy it is. Because if you uh, if you download the app, you just hit the button, you hit record, and once you record, it ju- it comes right to the studio. And you can you can listen to it, you can preview pre- uh, preview it, you can make sure that it's okay. If you don't like it, you can scrap it and start all over again. And um, and that way, like I said, we can get you on the air. And it's a great way to interact with the program because you can leave any kind of comment about anything you want. And the best news is that we can't argue back. I mean, we can, but it's like a one. So you know, we'll argue with you, but there's no there's no interrupting. None of that. So it's a great way if you want to uh, if you want to speak your mind, but you don't actually want to have a conversation with me. Fantastic, uh, fantastic way to do it. Okay, couple things going on today. First of all, we should note that there is a big debate tomorrow. The big debate tomorrow in Las Vegas or in Nevada, really. And this Nevada debate is prior to or just in front of the Nevada caucus, which is this weekend. Now, something we were talking about yesterday is will Michael Bloomberg qualify? Will he make it into the debate? Because you need a you need a bunch of stuff. First of all, you need to have two hundred and twenty five thousand donors, or at least you did un- before the DNC changed all the rules and regulations. The DNC used to say you needed two hundred twenty five thousand donors, but then Joe Biden kind of fell by the wayside. Joe Biden kind of plummeted in the polls. Joe Biden all of a sudden was not the front runner that everyone thought he would be, and the DNC was put into a panic. They were faith. They were looking down a shotgun. And at the other side end of it was Bernie Sanders, who, let's face it, he's a little jittery. And you never want to be looking down a shotgun where uh, jittery Bernie Sanders has his hand figure uh, tr- uh, finger on the trigger. And the other side, they turn around. There's another shotgun with Pete Buttigieg, which basically Pete Buttigieg is a young Bernie in training. He's a younger version of Bernie. He's got the same belief system, the same ideals. And he's just, you know, he's just a little, his hair's a little nicely, you know, they've got it combed a little bit better. He's not as crazy and loud. He's not as angry yet, but he'll get there. Don't worry. Just give him time and he'll be, he'll be just as crazy as crazy Bernie. So they're sitting there, the DNC's sitting there and they're, they're in a conundrum. Joe Biden's worthless to them. Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg are like, they're right there, man. They are ready to go. 
And they need some kind of saving grace. They need some kind of person that they can throw up in front of the world and say, here, vote for this person because, God, we can't have Donald Trump, but we also can't have Bernie Sanders. And God knows we can't have Pete Buttigieg. So here, take Michael Bloomberg. And in doing so, they had to release one of the stringent um, rules and regulations regarding the debate status. The, one of those regulations was you must have 225 individual donors. Now, Michael Bloomberg has one donor. Michael Bloomberg has one donor, and his donor is Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg wrote himself a check for however many millions of dollars he needed to buy ads in Iowa or to buy ads in New Hampshire, to buy ads now in Nevada, and really uh, most of the Super Tuesday states. You're going to, I mean, in Virginia, North Carolina, California, Alabama, Utah, what else, Maine, I think. There's a ton of these ads running all over the country because Super Tuesday is when Michael Bloomberg plans to come in and just and just start racking up those delegates. He plans to just jump in the race. His name's going to be on the ballot, and that's when he's going to get his first go. Look, and really, that's when everyone in the Democratic National Committee and really anyone, everyone in the country, all the voters, are going to get a look and see just how serious a Michael Bloomberg candidacy is, just how much of a shot this guy has if he is the Democratic candidate. And so Michael Bloomberg is out there doing all this stuff, but he didn't have 225,000 donors. And so the DNC said, you know what, let's lower that. Let's lower that limit to one. So they changed the rules of the game, and now they've allowed Michael Bloomberg to appear on this debate stage. Because not only that, there was another stipulation. You had to be polling at at least 10% in four major state polls or the two Nevada polls prior to the deadline, which is tonight at 11.59 p.m. I don't know. There's some kind of there's some kind of algorithm that they figure out. Michael Bloomberg is polling fine. It was the donors that were keeping him off the stage. Well, now that he has the ability and the and the permission and he's met all the criteria at least one donor and 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 polling in uh, and the top 10% of at least four nationwide polls and now that he's met that criteria he can join the other candidates on stage tomorrow night in Nevada Bernie Sanders Pete Buttigieg Amy Klobuchar Joe Biden and who am i missing who am i missing there's one more i'm missing Tom Steyer thank you no Tom Steyer is not going to be there Oh, it's hold on. It's Bernie Buttigieg. Oh, Elizabeth Warren. How could I forget? <laughs> she's not that memorable. <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah. So you've got Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Amy Klobuchar, and now Michael Bloomberg. And they're going to listen. Don't think that the other five candidates are thrilled at all about Michael Bloomberg taking the stage. They're not. And there's a reason for it. Number one, because they had to fight and battle and scrape to get all of these other, uh, you know, all these other ducks lined up so that they could debate. I mean, as we pointed out, Tom Steyer, he's not going to make it because he doesn't meet the criteria. But here comes Bloomberg rolling in with his 60 billion dollars and his and his 19 uh, percent in the polls. And he can just jump right on there and push Tom Steyer out of the way. You've got you've got uh, you've got Tulsi Gabbard, who has been a huge force in this. I mean, she's the one that Hillary Clinton pinpointed as a Russian agent. She's not even going to be there because she can't meet the stipulations. But Bloomberg can. And here's the kicker. He's not even on the ballot. He's not even running. In Nevada, he doesn't care. He can't get a single delegate. But but it looks like tomorrow night he's going to take the stage in Nevada. Now, here's a big question. We know Bernie Sanders is mad because this basically looks like the DNC is trying to steal the nomination from him again, which they are. We know that Joe Biden's upset because Joe Biden's life is pretty much over if he doesn't get this nomination. And also, he's going to spend the next, what, 10 years being hauled up in front of committees to, to talk about Burisma and the Ukraine and his son. So he's not really thrilled at all. Plus, there's all the other secrets that he was supposed to keep when he became president that are going to start dripping out of the woodwork, that are going to start leaking out, that A.G. Barr is going to have to start investigating. And it's just not going to be a good news for anybody involved in the Obama White House, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, uh, you know, and any of them. 
And then, of course, you've got you've got Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg who are just struggling. They're trying to hold on to that second place. They do not want somebody else with a, with a boatload of cash to come in and knock them out of the next debate. They want to hang on as long as humanly possible because the longer they're in the race, the more they can charge for speaking fees next year when they inevitably have to drop out. So everyone's got skin in this game. And here comes Michael Bloomberg. Now, the big question isn't, Will Michael Bloomberg appear? In my mind, the question is, should Michael Bloomberg appear? Should Michael Bloomberg get up on that stage? Is this really something that's going to be beneficial to his campaign? I don't think it will. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. 855-765-1045. We have to take a quick break. Quick break. When we get back, we have uh, more of the Marquee Show. Some of your phone calls, people are already lining up. And we've got a bunch of open mics coming in, too. Don't forget to send yours in. Quick break. More coming up on 104.5 WOKV. Okay, thanks so much for joining us today. Folks, 855-765-1045. And, man, I'll tell you, we got a party. we got people from all over the place. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, I see. Southwest Indiana. We have a guy watching on Facebook who's from uh, northern, the northern part of Indiana, not South Bend. <laughs> what do you mean? He wanted to point out. So we appreciate that. 855-765-1045. I mean, today's all about Michael Bloomberg. Lots of Bloomberg news. First of all, um, the big news about Michael Bloomberg is he, he qualified finally for a Democratic debate. And guess what? There happens to be one tomorrow. There happens to be one tomorrow. So if you want to watch Michael Bloomberg, if you want to know about Michael Bloomberg and, and know what he's all about, tomorrow's a good day to watch. But I don't believe that that's a good thing for Michael Bloomberg. I don't believe that even, you know, just because he qualified for a debate doesn't mean he should necessarily take the stage. It's like uh, Jeff Goldblum said in the first Jurassic Park, you know, these scientists were too busy uh, deciding whether or not they could. They forgot to know whether or not they should. And that's a that's a big issue for Michael Bloomberg, because look what's happening with Bloomberg right now. Michael Bloomberg is his riding high. He's he's buying all these commercials. He's got all this support. He's putting Barack Obama in his ads, even though he probably shouldn't be. He's he's getting all oh, you know, he's on the on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show. He's on he's on all these other places. People know of him, but they don't really know about him. And he is he's making a splash. He's got 19 percent in some states. He's second or third, depending on which national poll you're looking at. He's beating Amy Klobuchar by a mile. He's beating Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. And he's making waves by saying, hey, you know what? Maybe Hillary Clinton will be my running mate. How about that? So Bloomberg has this really in the in the Democratic Party and with a lot of moderates and Republicans, he's got this kind of mystique where if you didn't live in New York for the past 12, 15, 16 years, you may not even really know that much about the guy. And that, I think, is what his secret weapon is. I think that ignorance is bliss. And I think that what's happening is people don't know anything about Michael Bloomberg. They don't know that he's they don't know that he's old. They don't know that he's got bad teeth. They don't know what his record is on anything. They don't know that he's Jewish. They don't know how short he really is. The only thing they know is he's short because because they, they follow Donald Trump on Twitter and he keeps calling him mini Mike or micro Mike or whatever it is. And the guy's not tall. Like, like he, that's all, that's all true. So Michael Bloomberg has been living under this kind of cloud of secrecy. And all people know is that he's not Joe Biden. He's not Bernie Sanders and he's not Donald Trump. And I think that's what's really, I think that's what's really pushing him up to the top. It's not that he's Michael Bloomberg. It's that he's not any of these other individuals. And now when you're forced to go debate, when you have to stand on stage, a couple of really bad things happen. First of all, you've got to go out there and impress the entire country or at least half of it. You've got to go out there and convince people that you're the guy. And as we mentioned yesterday, Michael Bloomberg doesn't necessarily have the charisma or the humor or the personality to prove to people in politics that he's the guy. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that it factor that Simon Cowell would say you need to be a real success, to be a superstar. Michael Bloomberg is not Donald Trump. Michael Bloomberg is not Barack Obama. Michael Bloomberg is this, you know, this squatty little New York businessman who became a billionaire, kind of has an attitude and doesn't really relate well to people. 
he says a lot of things that are elitist and egotistical and he thinks are just common sense. But a lot of people take it the wrong way. He also says things that are really offensive. Why? Well, because he never thought he would run for politics. He's been a businessman his whole life. And now what happens is that when you take the debate spit stage, not only do you have to get up there and explain to people why you're the best person to be president of the United States, not only do you have to get up there and say, hey, here's why I'm better than these other five people who most of whom have been lifelong Democrats most of whom belong to the party that you belong to and have for most of their life. I switched for a dozen years because I wanted to be uh, mayor of New York, and it was the only way. The only way I could become mayor of New York is to switch to an entirely different uh, party. In fact, the exact inverse of your party. I had to become somebody that you hate so that I could get what I want. But now that I want something else, guess what? I'm one of you again. I'm back. I'm all Democratic again, baby. Vote for me, Mikey B. That's the first thing he's got to do. The second thing he's got to do is defend himself against attacks. And man, don't think that he's not going to get attacked. He got attacked at the last debate. He wasn't even there. Bernie Sanders is not going to let anybody Hillary Clinton him again. Bernie Sanders is not going to get uh, let Michael Bloomberg come in and steal delegates, steal superdelegates, take away his lead and take away his nomination for president. Again, he's not going to let it happen. Joe Biden is going to go kicking and screaming and fighting and sniffing and losing teeth and eyes exploding. He's not going to give in either. He's going to attack Michael Bloomberg. They've already started. Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, none of these people want this guy on the stage. And he is going to be he's going to have a huge, big red target on his back, on his front, on his top, on his bottom. He's going to have to not only convince people that, hey, I'm your next president, but he's also going to have to defend against every horrible thing he's done in the past. What are those horrible things? I'm so glad you asked. I happen to have some examples. We'll get to those here in just a minute. More of the Marque Show coming up on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Marque Show. This is the Marque Show. How many bonuses do you think Mike Bloomberg put in all these producers' pockets to get on the debate stage? probably a lot oh the the old producer bonus to get on the debate stage i'll tell you what man money does buy you a lot of stuff somebody money, say producer bonus no you're not you no no i'm sorry i'm not my name last name's not bloomberg it's k and i don't uh i don't have nearly as many billions of dollars as he does at 855-765-1045 listen mike bloomberg again i don't think he needs to take the debate i don't think he should uh, I don't think he can handle himself. I don't think he's he's he knows what's coming. I don't think he's ready for the kinds of attacks that he's going to incur from these other Democrats who have been fight who've been waiting their entire lives, decades, to be president of the United States. Michael Bloomberg, he's wanted to be president of the United States since July of last year. Joe Biden has wanted to be president of the United States since they ratified the Constitution. Bernie Sanders has wanted to be president of the United States since the day they told him when he was a little boy that he could not be president of the USSR because communism fell and it's now just Russia. There's I mean, Elizabeth Warren from her days growing up in the teepee in the in the in the Wyoming foothills or whatever, she's been wanting to be the first um, Native American president of the United States. Here co comes Michael Bloomberg. He's rolling in and he's like, hey, I'm just going to buy my way onto this stage and I'm going to start scooping up your delegates. I'm going to be the big spoiler. And I feel like I'm the best Democrat to take on Donald Trump, even though I've spent the last 12 years as a Republican in New York. Now, 855-765-1045. Now, Michael Bloomberg has some issues and his personality isn't the only one. Kylene in Minnesota. Hi, Kylene. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I just wanted to say kind of what Bloomberg said about farmers and blue collars. Um, so he basically implied that they're stupid compared to techies. Yeah. Yeah. But um, and Bloomberg... I grew up on a farm. Oh, in Minnesota? Yeah. So I'm originally from Wisconsin and then moved to Minnesota. Oh, you're, so, it's like Little House just... on the Prairie. Were you near Walnut yeah. Grove? No. Oh, OK. All right. That's one of my favorite shows. Um, But does he not realize farmers specifically vote for Trump? Yeah. So he's kind of moronic to think, you know, saying that they're stupid and stuff like that won't lose him any votes, you know, and he doesn't realize he knows nothing about farming. 
Well, he, he did. knows nothing about it. There was a video that came out. He was uh, he, and you're right. He was speaking about farming. He was speaking about the industrial age. He was speaking about. Here's what he said about farming. You take a hole. You put a seed in. You put dirt on top. Add water. Up comes the corn. Then we had 300. You could learn that. You could learn. That. <laughs> you could learn that. Every we all. You know what? We all learned farming in kindergarten, didn't we? We all got little Dixie cups, and the the teacher came around and she put like you know the uh, the potting soil in it. We threw like the bean seed in it and put it in the sun, watered it. Oh, three weeks later, there's a Bean sprout. That's basically all you need for farmers. Yeah, they have no, they have nothing more than a kindergarten education. And techies, you're right. He said that uh, he said that techies. Now that's something that's really that's something that's really important. That's why he got into that business. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology mm. and the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze yeah and that is a whole degree level different you have to have a different skill set you have to have a lot more gray matter right so to, you need a lot more gray matter which means you need a bigger brain to be a technological news reporter you need a bigger brain to put numbers on a computer and sell it to people than you do to just Dig a hole, put the seed in, add some water, I'm a farmer. Oh, that's basically, what, yeah, you're right, Kylene. He's saying farmers are stupid. Now, Kylene, is your point that he's not going to lose votes because the farmers weren't going to vote for him in the first place? Yeah, I mean, he already lost those votes. I mean, against Trump, for sure. Yeah, probably a good uh, reason that he sat out Iowa, too. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much. If you're going to start insulting farmers, you probably want to sit out Iowa. You probably want to sit out, you know, South Carolina. You'll, you'll be fine on Super Tuesday because there's sure there's a lot of California farmers. But again, they're going to vote for Trump. The people that are going to vote for you are in the tech corridors. The people that are going to vote for you are all those New York elites and California professors and, and Hollywood people who have so much more gray matter because it's it takes it takes so much more gray matter to be a a, a, a technological you know um, person or or some kind of reporter. God, ever, those people on CNN, do you know how much more advanced they are than your average agricultural engineer? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They are so much more advanced. They have so much more gray matter. Because they don't just dig a hole and put a seed in it and call it a day. No, they've got they've got information that they have to analyze and get out to the public. Man, those those people are so smart and important. Unfortunately for them, they only have one vote, just like the farmer. How how annoyed must they be? I almost feel like Michael Bloomberg's annoyed by this. I feel like Michael Bloomberg is annoyed that the people who build his computer systems and the people that report his news and the people that he hired as vice presidents and the people that are in his sector, the people that are on CNN rooting for him, the people that are on MSNBC, all his Google friends, all his Microsoft friends, all his Apple computer friends, they should have at least two or three votes. Because they're so much smarter. The guy who puts a seed in the ground, you're telling me that guy digs a hole, puts a seed. What he digs a hole, he puts a seed in it, and then let me tell you what was it? What was the process? Dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Yeah, there you go. Then up comes the corn. Pop, there it is. That's so easy. A kindergartner could do that, and kindergartners aren't allowed to vote. Here's what Michael Bloomberg, I think, thinks in his mind. With all that gray matter, he's probably got to be saying or at least thinking to himself, okay, one of two things needs to happen. If you're a rich, savvy, college-educated computer geek, you need to have more votes, two or three, depending. Maybe if you're a Ph.D., you get four or five. If you're a billionaire, surely you should get ten. Or we go to the farmers, we go to the people that didn't finish college, we go to the people that are, I don't know, just well, like, like a mechanic. Well, you, well, you, put, well, you put a wheel on a car. What, you drain the oil and you pour it in the other side? That, pff, that's easy. Those people shouldn't get involved. You can learn that. You could learn that. If anyone can learn that, it's obviously not that skill. You, you, you don't have the skill. You probably, you probably should lose your vote. Um, so Michael Bloomberg's taking a lot of heat from that. And and sure, is he going to lose a lot of conservative votes? Probably not, but he's definitely not going to gain any. He's not going to make any friends in the Midwest. He's not going to make any friends in the southern states. You know, he's not going to win South Carolina with that attitude. He, he's going to have trouble with Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday, look, there's a lot. There's a lot of, of agrarian states. Alabama, Arkansas, we said California already. Colorado, that's where they grow all the weed now. Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, he'll be fine there. North Carolina, the tobacco farmers, the the cotton farmers in North Carolina, they're not gonna they're not gonna take too kindly to that. Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas. I'm sure he didn't specifically mention ranchers. 
But I'm pretty sure he thinks ranchers are just as dumb and idiotic and untrained and uneducated as farmers, right? I mean, it's ranching and farming. It goes probably it's even easier because the animals, they take care of themselves. You don't even have to put a seed in the ground for an animal. You just got to milk it every now and then or pick up the egg out of its butt. What You can learn that. I mean, come on. We've all had pets. If you can keep a dog, if you can have a goldfish, you could be a rancher. That's just that's not that's not like being a technological whiz. That's not like being what I do. Computer information technology. You know how much gray matter that requires? God, I'm so smart. James in Jacksonville. How are you, James? Mark. James. Mark. James. Mark, let me tell you something. Yeah, do it, man. Hello? Yeah, tell me something. Yeah. You know, Bloomberg, I don't know why everybody is worried, man. I'm telling you right now, Bloomberg is not going to win a state. He's not going to win anything. Listen. The person that's going to win the Democratic nomination is the one that can get the most minority votes, and that's Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Bloomberg, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, they're not getting any. No black people are voting for them. The, uh, Bernie is going to get the most minority votes, the most Hispanic, the most black votes, and he's going to win the Democratic nomination. You know, um, this this whole thing about, you know, Joe Biden and, 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 and Bloomberg and the black – no, first of all, the black community – we don't listen to your endorsements from black politicians <laughs> or from groups like the NAACP. Right. We don't, we don't, this is not the 60s. We don't follow in lockstep. So I, I go get an endorsement from a black politician, NAACP. Therefore, all black people are going to know we don't work. It doesn't work like that anymore. Okay. I, I mean, it, it, Trump is going to win the election. I'm going to tell you that this right now. Yeah. If you cannot, if you cannot get the only, like I said, the only reason Obama won the election twice. It's because he had an overwhelmingly historic amount of African-American turnout. But like I said before, with the Kamala Harris and the Cory Booker, that's never, ever going to happen again for any politician. James, let me ask you, James, let me ask you a question. If it's Bernie Sanders versus Donald Trump between the two of them, who will get a larger percentage of the African-American vote in the general election? I keep saying it is going to be Donald Trump. Yeah. Donald Trump is going to get at least, mark my words, he's going to get at least 25% of the African-American. If he only got 15, it would be over with. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> James has not been wrong yet, by the way. <laughs> hey, thanks for calling, James. We appreciate it. 855-765-1045. Listen, the African-American population, that's not even Bloomberg's biggest problem. He's about to have a huge problem with women because of something called... The portable Bloomberg, the wit and wisdom of Michael Bloomberg, a small 34-page gag pamphlet that was given to him on one of his birthdays, but pretty much could sink his entire political career. Uh, we'll read you from the wit and wisdom of Michael Bloomberg here in just a minute. This is the Marque Show, 855-765-1045. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Marquee Show. My name is Mark. Yo, that's it. Slow jams. It's the Marquee Show, 855-765-1045. We straight chilling. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Listen, Michael Bloomberg, we got a lot of people buzzing on the, um, we got a lot of people buzzing on the Facebook page today and on YouTube and, and everything else about Michael Bloomberg and his series of problems. He has a lot, Michael Bloomberg has a lot of issues. Michael Bloomberg, first of all, he spent his entire life in New York City and he's convinced that what works in New York City works everywhere else. But we know that that's not true. We know that that's not we know that for a fact that that's not true. We Hillary Clinton pretended to be from New York. She couldn't even get elected president. We also know that you can't buy your way into the White House. That's not true either. And uh, the, the problem what you need, what you need is broad support from a lot of different demographics and you need personality. Really, that's all you need to be president of the United States. People vote for people that they like. They don't like Hillary Clinton. They don't like Michael Bloomberg. A bunch of them aren't that crazy about Joe Biden right now. And tons of people love Donald Trump. We saw it at Daytona. You see it at the rallies. You see it really whenever, wherever you go. And Michael Bloomberg continues now that he's coming out into the open. What's happening is the dirt starts coming up to so the, the dirt that, you know, he thinks he put the seat in. He, he just put the seat in, you put the dirt on. There's dirt on Michael Bloomberg as well. And now that he's a, he's a legitimate contender, now that he's going to be in the debate, it's starting to boil up. Donald Trump's camp supposedly has already released some videos where he's, you know, that, that video where he was talking about how much smarter he is and all the gray matter he has in his head. But uh, th there's other things that are popping up. And one of them is this this booklet. It's called The Portable Bloomberg, The Wit and Wisdom 
of Michael Bloomberg, the portable Bloomberg, the wit and wisdom of Michael Bloomberg. And this is a copy of it. This was supposedly a book put together by his employees. Funny things that he said, mostly they're offensive things that he said, but it's an unauthorized collection of unauthorized sayings. And this book was put together, I believe, for like a birthday or some kind of celebration by his employees. And there's illustrations and that kind of thing. Uh, but here, the editor's note. These are all actual quotes. Nothing has been embellished or exaggerated. And yes, some things were too outrageous to include. When I joined Bloomberg Financial Markets, I wondered if I had inadvertently joined a religious sect. Such was the dedication of their employees to its founder and their enthusiasm for the company. Uh, and then they went on and they started profiling Michael Bloomberg. He was born on Valentine's Day. His favorite restaurant is 21, which, by the way, is one of the most expensive restaurants in uh, in the world, in the world, really. Um, also very exclusive. People like you and I wouldn't be allowed in there. But then they have quotes on various different subjects. The first one is on business and on computers. They have a quote from him that says, uh, quote from him that says, you know why computers will never take the place of people? Because a computer would say that the sex of the person giving you a, well, let's just say a, a, a Joe blob doesn't matter. Basically, that's a quote from Michael Bloomberg discussing his company. Uh, here's something else he said about about his own Bloomberg business machine. It will do everything, including giving you a the aforementioned <laughs> today. I guess that puts a lot of you girls out of business. It's gonna go. That's gonna go over really well with the uh, with the female with the female faction of voters in this country. When characterizing one of his competitors, he used these three words: cokehead, womanizing. Well, I can't say that word either. Uh, but it rhymes with flag, which is odd because how can you be both one of those and womanizing at the same time? It doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to jive. Here's another quote from Michael Bloomberg, according to this booklet, quote, if Jesus was a Jew, why does he have a Puerto Rican first name? Yeah. Uh, again, probably stuff he said around the office that he didn't think would come back out to haunt him when he decided to run for president. On geography, there are certain states you don't go to. I guess now we know they're called Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada. Also, he said, we live in Manhattan, so we don't have to go any other place. When talking about the royal family, he described them as a bunch of misfits, quote, a gay, an architect, that horsey faced lesbian and a kid who gave up Kustark for some fat broad. These are all these are all these are all. This is what Michael Bloomberg says when he doesn't think anyone's writing down what he says. Oh, these are my favorites on women. If women wanted to be appreciated for their brains, they'd go to the library instead of Bloomingdale's. I mean, it's like you don't even have to woo women voters with this guy. I know for a fact, this is another Michael Bloomberg quote from the wit and wisdom of Michael Bloomberg. I know for a fact that any self-respect, let me try that again. I know for a fact that any self-respecting woman who walks past a construction site doesn't get a whistle, will turn around and walk past again and again until she gets one. And this is my favorite. We'll end on this one. Whenever my wife catches me eyeing some broad, she's very careful to turn to me and say, quote, that's the most expensive piece of ass in the world. <laughs> there you go, folks. It's the Democrats' uh, next best hope to be president of the United States. It's like an older, shorter Bill Clinton almost. 855-765-1045. Quick break. We got some of your phone calls, open mic messages coming up. It's the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. Hey, since Mike Bloomberg made the debate, I will volunteer for a fee to build his debate stage box to get him up to eye level to the podium. I'm telling you, man, this is something that, and this is really going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue for him because, I, and again, I'm not a tall person. I'm barely, like, I'm six feet with shoes on. If I take my shoes off, I'm like 5'11". But it's much more difficult for a short person to be elected to public office than it is a tall person. All the, all the presidents have been tall. Abe Lincoln was like nine feet tall. 
I don't know if you know the George. He's definitely like six foot three. He was so big. Donald Trump is six four, six five. In fact, Hannah, I want you to do me a favor. Google uh, the tallest president. Just Google presidents by height. Okay. All right, and we'll see who the. I think there was only one president who was below five foot five, and I want to say it was. Cleveland, I don't even know. I don't even know. But uh, they're all tall because people trust taller people. You know, that, that's why Bernie Sanders, as crazy as he is, he's a tall guy. And that's why a lot of people look up to him. But that's not a no pun intended. But that's why a lot of people think he's going to be a good leader. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, taller woman. You know, that's why she's been able to come this far. Donald Trump, as we said before, very tall. Very. George Bush was not that tall, but he's from Texas. And, you know, just being from Texas makes you look a little bigger than you actually. Did you find something? Well, I don't think this is accurate because it says that Abraham. We don't care about accuracy on this well, show. It says Donald Trump's only six one, but it says Abraham Lincoln six four. Oh, really? And we know that Donald Trump's taller than six one. All right. I'm pretty sure he's six foot three. We need a uh, we need a more accurate list. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm six, yeah, it. Donald Trump is six three. Here, how tall is the tallest president? The tallest president was Abraham Lincoln at six four. Is that what you have? Yeah. I was oh. seeing the shortest is James Madison. That's at five correct. Four. I did know that. Yeah, five four. James Madison. Is that why he was mad? You know why? Because <laughs> uh, in because I took my daughter to see Hamilton, and there's a whole part in Hamilton oh. about how the king calls a James complex. Madison. Uh, a little short man or something. All right, I found it. What'd you find? Okay, so yeah. Abraham Lincoln is the tallest at six foot four. Okay. Uh, then it goes Lyndon Johnson at six foot three and a half. Okay. And then Donald Trump at six foot three. Wow. Okay. Now, what do you want to know? Give me, keep going. Go. Okay. Thomas Jefferson, six foot two and a half. George, really? Wow. Yeah, I didn't and know George that. Washington, which I thought was very small, is six foot two. No, that guy was huge. That's why he was such a, I mean, that's such like a, a com trusted. commanding person. Yeah. Yes. And, and this just goes, look at that. You've got Lincoln, you've got Jefferson, you've got uh, Washington, and you've got Trump. All in the same, they're all the tallest. Pre Where was Reagan on that list? Because a lot of people uh, like Ronald Reagan. Reagan. He's six Hold one, on. I think I saw. Reagan was also tall. Also, GW uh, was six foot even. Yeah. Wow. GW six foot even, but Ronald Reagan was six foot one, and he was the twelfth tallest president. Okay, there you go. So there you go, and they were all above six feet, and that's not. I'm not saying, look, you know, the size of a man, whatever. It's because people trust tall people. They look at them as superior, and that's going to be an issue for Michael Bloomberg, and that's why Donald Trump is pinpointing it. That's why Donald Trump calls him Mini Mike or Micro Mike or whatever he calls him. That's why people are making fun of the box, and when he gets up there on stage and he's the shortest person, how tall is Michael Bloomberg? Anyone know? Let me look it up. Yeah, Google that, and then I want you to Google how tall is Amy Klobuchar, because I guarantee <laughs> he's going to be the shortest person on that stage, and mentally, that's oh, not going to vibe with I a lot of people. I am taller than Michael Bloomberg. Well, you're, is, you're a pretty tall person. I'm like, I'm 5'9", but Michael Bloomberg is 5'8". How tall is Amy Klobuchar? Amy Klobuchar. Wait, what's the average U.S. male? Five, uh, isn't five it 5'8"? Yeah, eight. so he's average. Well, Maybe no, we don't want an Listen, we don't want an US average person. I don't want any average dude to be president. Nobody wants an average person to be president. You want somebody who's above average. The leader of the free world should not be 5'8". That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't know if height's got anything to do with it. Really? Is it just respect in the room, George maybe? Washington, Abraham Lincoln, what, Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan, they're all above six Yeah, but Putin, Putin's short, right? Well, okay, when and you he commands respect wherever he goes. Because he kills people. So Napoleon, How tall? Psychotic. He's not tall. He still still gets it. How tall are you? I'm not you? the right way. How tall are you? Six one. Okay, do you know why people respect you when you walk into a room? Do you know why you command respect? Because he sounds like a bass talking. Like <laughs> it's because you're tall. <laughs> I don't know. Amy Why else would we respect you when you want? <laughs> That's the only reason. I mean, uh, but some of our bosses, bosses, bosses are shorter men. Bob Longoy is short. Okay, why are you calling him out by name? Sorry. Oof. I mean, I'm just saying, yes, they're short, but there's a that's a whole other odd. But that's, keep in I, mind, that's FDR not, was only about four and a half feet tall also. That, five, one, oh, four, five is our number, 855-765-1045. Uh, Frank in Orange Park, how you doing, Frank? How you doing, sir? Oh, we're good, man. What do you what do you want to say, Frank? Uh, that on the Xfinity series of Saturday, the NASCAR race, yeah, they did have a Trump twenty twenty car. Yeah, on Saturday they did. That's right, and they had a Joe Nemechek uh, was driving it, and they also had a truck. Somebody called in um, to let. Hey, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it, Matthew in Jacksonville. How are you? Hey, how are you guys? Hey, great, Matthew. What do you want to say? I know Bloomberg is going to be. Uh, taller than his crop of corn. That's for dang sure. He's going to be taller than his what? <laughs> than his crop of corn. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> he was talking about you need a you need dirt, you need a seed, you need to bury the seed, and then 
There you go. You've yeah. got corn. I like, feel like there's more to farming than that, too. And I mean, I know that there is. There's all sorts of you need to know about soil contents. You need to know about uh, land displacement. You need to know about calcium intake, water runoff. There's all sorts of things with, you know, conservation. And yeah, I mean, I could never be. Also, you need patience. Let's not forget that. The most important thing you need to be a farmer is patience. And that's why I personally could never be a farmer. It's not because I'm stupid. It's not because or I'm too smart, rather. It's uh, not because I can't figure out how to put the seed in the ground. It's because I just don't have the patience. I can't plant something and then wait months for it to grow. Like if I mean, really, if I if I post something on Facebook and I don't get 22 likes in five minutes, I delete it and start over because I'm like, oh, clearly I suck at this. Lyle from Jacksonville. How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Oh, doing great. Thanks so much for asking. Uh, what do you want to say, Lyle? Uh, I had called in a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm just curious, man, when is accountability going to become a priority for the Republicans and, and as far as the Democrats are concerned? Because to me, it doesn't look like anybody's being held accountable for their actions. I have a theory on that. I, I agree with you. It doesn't look like it. And we get news every single day that it doesn't look like it. Like now Andrew McCabe apparently is off the hook. But now Trey Gowdy's saying, no, he's not. So I agree with you. It doesn't look like anyone's being held accountable. But I have a hunch. I have a theory that after the election, when Donald Trump uh, wins four more years and he's he's yeah. unencumbered by the ridiculous, you know, uh, impeachment inquiry, he's unencumbered by the Senate trial when he doesn't have to worry about the Mueller report, when he doesn't have to worry about running for reelection, when he really doesn't have to worry about public opinion at all. I have a theory that that's when Donald Trump will shift his focus to really draining the not just draining the swamp, but locking up the swamp uh, creatures and making sure that they are never going to get back out. And I think that's I think that's really an important part of his second um, his second act, really. You know, we know he, he delivered on the economy. He delivered on trade deals. He delivered on making America safe again. He delivered on the military. He delivered on unemployment. He delivered on all these things. He's delivering on the wall, no matter what you read on the Internet. You know, he's he's delivered on so much stuff. There's so many good things going on in this country right now that that all that 90 percent of the country in a recent Gallup poll has claimed that they are happy. 90 percent of people. That's 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 nine out of 10 people are happy. When was the last time you met nine people that were all happy at the same time? That's the country we live in. And Donald Trump did that in just three years. So I think, you know, yes, can, I'm not saying he's going to skate to a second term, but I'm saying when you look at the when you look at the crop of candidates on the other side, it's going to be it's going to be not as hard fought a battle as maybe we used to think. It's going to be not as hard fought, fought a battle as maybe it, we thought it would be when we were in the midst of the impeachment probe or the midst of the uh, Mueller investigation. And with the next four years, when Donald Trump doesn't really have to worry about the Democrats at all, I think that's when he can go to the Justice Department and he can go to the FBI. And once he's gotten all the bad seeds out, I think that's really when he can buckle down and say, OK, now let's get him. That's just a hunch, though. Eight five. No one from the uh, no one from the Trump administration returns my phone calls. So I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing. Eight five five seven six five one oh four five. Quick break. Uh, we got some more of the Marquee show coming up. Stay tuned to one oh four point five WOKV. Okay, show. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us. 855-765-1045. I'm still trying to I don't understand why you don't understand the tall people uh, may have it easier in this world. Tall, pretty people. They get I mean, they get everything basically handed to them. And that's why most of our greatest presidents have been tall, as we just found out. And that's why Mike Bloomberg doesn't have a shot. Also, he's wishy washy. He changes parties. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he's racist. He's uh, misogynistic. He is very offensive to uh, pretty much everybody that's not rich. Um, so there, but when you, and when you couple that all, like if he were six, five, he could say whatever he wanted about Africans, African Americans and, and farmers. If he were six, five, he'd get all, he'd be like, yeah, I know he's offensive. Yeah, I know he hates people that are dumber than he is, but he's tall. Let's vote for him. That's how it would work. All right. I'm just saying eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. John from the West side. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Mark? Oh, good. John, how are you? What'd you want to say, sir? Oh, I had a. I was just thinking about that when you were talking about Bloomberg. I was watching uh, Shrek with my daughter a couple nights ago, 
And it got me to thinking that Trump could very well be Shrek. Of course, he's gruff around the corners, yeah. and he always gets everything done he sets out to do. Right. And then you have Lord Farquhar in his nice little sterile world, little mini mic, and he's trying to turn around and uh, take what Shrek has. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's the way I look at it. I love. I think that's great. I love that. That's a great example because, uh, you know, ogres have layers and, uh, you know, onions have layers. Hey, can I be the uh, can go. I be the gingerbread man? You know, I'm like, bite me. I, that's, that's, that's my favorite. Hey, thanks, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so much for calling. Who would be donkey? I guess Bernie Sanders because he's a Democrat. 855-765. Well, actually, he's not. So probably Joe Biden. This is uh, Neil in Argyle. Hi, Neil. How are you? Good. How you doing? Oh, doing great, Neil. What do you want to say, sir? I'm a huge Trump supporter, but there's one thing that just really is eating at me, and that's the deficit. I thought if any president could solve the deficit, it would be Trump because he's a businessman. Yeah. But it just keeps spiraling, and it just seems like my my, my impression is that every president from here on in is just going to poo-poo it because until the economy completely collapses. Because is our economy good today because of the deficit, because he just keeps borrowing money to keep the economy going? Or if you were to actually try to solve the deficit, would it in de facto cause our economy to collapse? That's that's kind of the question I have out there. Yeah, look, I mean, the, def- it, the deficit is an issue that is difficult to pinpoint when you don't have a budget. And that's one of the big issues that Donald Trump has had is getting this budget passed because the Democrats haven't passed a budget in, you know, God knows how long. Um, but, yeah, look, the deficit is truly, uh, you know, it's an issue that no one can seem to solve. You're right about that. It does keep growing. But at the same time, when you look at the economy, when you look at consumer spending and when you look at what um, companies are investing in the United States, it's tricky because if you have companies that left the United States and are coming back, if you have more people coming into the United States, yes, they pay more in taxes, but there's going to be more. I mean, look at when the infrastructure bill passes. There's a lot. The more people you have, the more they work, the more companies there are, the more spending there's going to be as as as, as far as the government goes. But uh, look, I don't think Donald Trump doesn't know that the deficit is a problem. I think he's been hindered by what the Democrats are doing. I think that Nancy Pelosi and and Chuck Schumer, they've been they've been shackling him in any way that they can. And they can't shackle him on everything else. They can't shackle him on the economy. They can't they couldn't shackle him on the tax cut. He was able to get everything done, you know, before before the the house flipped as far as, you know, everything and I don't know if it's I don't know if they're 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 making a list of priorities, but the tax cut was a huge priority. And the tax cut that we got before Paul Ryan tucked his tail between his legs and ran back to Wisconsin, the, 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 the tax cut that we got before the House flipped back over to the blue side, the tax cut we got before all of this Mueller report impeachment crap just kept Washington, D.C. bogged down for so long, all of that stuff. That that tax cut is really the catalyst that has led to where we are now. And think about if the Democrats had just kept working with Trump instead of fighting him. Think about what would have happened if the Democrats had accepted uh, the the results of the the 2016 election instead of trying to overturn them. Think of what could have been done had we had maybe four years with a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Maybe we would have been able to tackle the deficit. Maybe we would have been able to reinvest. Maybe we would have been able to focus a little bit more on the problems that matter. Uh, But look, I'll take the deficit that we have uh, with the economy that we have, because you're right. Even if we didn't have the economy we have, the deficit would still be there. The national debt would still be there. We would still be four point five trillion in the hole or whatever it is. And that continues to grow. So, yeah, okay. Maybe next time around, after the election, Donald Trump, he's got two big agenda items. Number one, fix the deficit. Number two, lock up all the crooked Democrats. 855-765-1045. Although locking up all the crooked Democrats would require a very large facility, and that might actually jack up the deficit even more. 855-765-1045 is our number. This is Bobby in Kingsland. How are you, Bobby? Hi. Hi, Bobby. Uh, what do you want to say? <clears throat> Okay, uh, I just got back from Jacksonville, Florida. I live up here in Kingsland, and I'm real active in the uh, Republican uh, Party and Mm -hmm. the Republican women. Um, But I had to go to the dentist there on Dunn Avenue uh, this morning, and uh, I pulled up to an empty spot at the storefront, and I thought they were putting another restaurant in there, and I went by, I asked the lady what they were putting in there. She said, oh, Bloomberg's opening his office here, and it's going to be beautiful, and he's going to serve, we're going to serve donuts and coffee, and all around there is homeless people, and 
it's a very poor community, and they'll probably pay them to vote. I don't know, but I'm. I just made me sick to my stomach to think that they're so they're so tricked that he's not going to do anything for them. And I just don't know how we're going to reach them. Well, you know? look, I mean, look, I don't think the the free donuts aren't what you need to worry about because right. people are vote. Listen, they're not voting for free donuts. You know why people are voting? They're voting. And you can see this when you see the exit polls coming out of Iowa and New Hampshire. They're voting for free health care. They're voting for free education. One guy that I saw interviewed on Fox News, he was walking out of the Iowa caucus and they said, hey, can you tell us who you caucus for? And he goes, Bernie Sanders. And he goes, why? He goes, because he's going to forgive my loan debt. That's what people want. You can you donut schmonut, man. They want their thirty thousand dollars school loan written off, and Bernie Sanders is going to do that for them. Uh, and I don't care how many I don't care how many uh, I don't how, care how many crullers Michael Bloomberg is handing out on Dunn Avenue. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. There's something I never thought I'd hear myself say. It's the uh, Mark Hazel. Quick break coming up. We're going to do something fun. Um, we, we we did it once before, and it I think it worked okay. So we're going to try it again. Uh, you know, second time's a, a charm, maybe. Uh, more of that coming up on 104.5 WOKV. Stay tuned. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. Yo, Marky Mark and the Flunky Bunch. I opened mic to you last month and you didn't use it yet. What's up with that? <laughs> he opened mic to us. Wow, that's a, that was a little... I'm sorry. Well, you, Josh, go get that guy's open mic before you... I'm on it. He's like going to stalk us in the park. Yo, man, I sent you an open mic and you never used it. I thought I recognized those whispers. <laughs> 8557. Sorry, dude. We'll, we'll get right on it. 8557651045. Uh real quick we, we have a fun game we want to play here, but real quick we have a couple more phone calls about Michael Bloomberg, Mac in Melbourne. How are you, Mac? I'm doing good, Mark. Thanks oh, good. for taking my call. Absolutely. What do you want to say, sir? Uh, I just heard a couple of uh, ironic comments in the last few days. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Sure. So, uh, Joe Biden uh, and then some of the other Democrats have said this economy is not that good. It's only working for the rich people, not the poor. And then o- Obama came out yesterday and said that he is responsible for this economy. So if Joe's saying it's really bad and Obama's saying it's his, kind of uh, ironic, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that funny how that works? When you're, uh, when you're vying for the position, you got to tear the economy down. But when you don't have a dog in the fight, you have to take all the credit for it. Uh, yeah, so so you're right. Joe Biden is basically saying that the economy, the economy that Obama's taking credit for isn't working for anyone but rich people. Doesn't matter to Obama because he's one of the richest people there are now. I mean, he's got just built, bought a $15 million house in uh, in Massachusetts. So, yeah, look, uh, well, he, here's, underwater thing. here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about the economy. And, and this is why this is the big problem that Democrats have. People voting, they don't care about your economy. They don't care about your taxes. They don't care about your bank account. They don't care about your job. Like if you have a job, they're happy for you. If you don't have a job, oh, they'll pray for you. But at the same time, when they go to vote, they say, how am I doing right now? And the majority of Americans are really happy. 90% of Americans are really happy. 90% of Americans are in a good place. I mean, you have the lowest and most American, more Americans now have jobs than during the Obama administration. So when you walk into that voting booth, you're going to be like, look, I got my business is killing it. I'm, I'm, I'm making I need to hire people because business is so great. I'm keeping more of my money from taxes. That's awesome. Uh, I feel safer. You know, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize that. I can I have health care. I like it. I can afford my prescriptions. You know, I understand that not everything is going to be given to me on a silver platter. My kids are in college. I can pay for their education. Maybe they'll get some grants. Yes. Am I am I filthy rich? No. Am I doing okay? Yeah. Am I loving life? Do I have money for a vacation and to buy my wife some nice jewelry or handbags or shoes or, you know, whatever, maybe tools? I mean, I don't want to be sexist or anything, but maybe she wants craftsman tools. Get her like a, a, a belt saw, sander, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yes. The answer is yes. For most Americans, the answer is we are in a really great place. And so that's the only economy that matters. What's the Mark K economy right now? I'll tell you, the Mark K economy is looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good. So when Mark K rolls into the voting, now, if something drastic should happen, 
between now and November 3rd, <laughs> the Mark K economy may change Mark K's mind. But right now, it's looking pretty solid. And I don't think there's anything that's going to happen that would make me want to become a communist between now and November. Because, look, even if there were something that happened to my personal economy, I know that living in a capitalist society, I could bring it back really quickly. I could go out there and find some kind of product or service or, I mean, I could I could spew this crap somewhere else and they would pay me to do it just like they do here. So I think that that's, you know, that's my safest bet. Let me stick with a, a hands-off government that's going to allow me to reinvest in myself, keep my money, not mandate what I need to buy, where I need to buy, and oh yeah, not try to pillage my bank account for 70%. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty that's a pretty safe bet that Donald Trump gets a vote uh, from the Marquet economy. But you, that's how people vote. They look at their own personal economies. So Joe Biden can get up there and say this economy is only working for rich people. You know what most middle class people are going to think? They're going to think, wow, maybe I'm rich because this economy is working for me. Maybe I'm doing better than I thought. Or they're just going to think Joe Biden's a liar. They're going to be like, I don't know. I'm, my economy is pretty great. You know, I think Joe Biden's lying to me. I think he's trying to scare me. I think he's trying to I think he's trying to tell tales out of turn about Donald Trump, because when I look at my bank account, when I look at my salary and when I look at my taxes, they're all better than they were before Donald Trump was president. 855-765-1045. Lyle in Jacksonville. How you doing, Lyle? 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 I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, good. On mute. <laughs> oh, yeah, on mute. No, it doesn't work on mute. We can't hear you on mute. You got to put yeah, it on, so, on. Yeah. What's up, man? What do you want to say? Uh, I wanted to ask uh, because I haven't heard anything about it in the media whatsoever uh, about the IRS. When is somebody going to address the IRS and their just blatant disregard for anybody's interest other than their own? Uh, it is one of the worst bureaucracies I have ever had to deal with in my entire life, and I'm a small business owner. Yeah. So well, they just absolutely one of the most difficult branches of government to deal with. Uh, well, listen, I don't like to. T Here's the thing: I don't like to talk smack about the IRS. On the air. But I will say this. I know for a fact that uh, since Donald Trump has become president, he has tried to uh, pull back on the number of. In fact, I think I read somewhere like 50 percent fewer audits in, in 2019 than there were before. And a lot of that. Yeah, there was a lot of problems with the IRS attacking um, attacking nonprofits that were that were conservative uh, or that were family values backed. The, a lot of the Obama administration enemies were 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 audited. And, you know, you hear Rush Limbaugh talk about moving out of New York all the time. Um, but there is I mean, there is a, a sufficient decline. Uh, in the number of personal audits, uh, it's in fact the lowest point in decades. So as far as small businesses go, look, I'm sure and no bureaucracy is a good bureaucracy when you're trying to start a small business. But, um, I, you know, I do believe that Donald Trump at least is trying to get a handle on some of that. Hey, thanks so much for calling. Sylvia in Gainesville. How you doing, Sylvia? I'm doing just fine, Mark. Thank you. Oh, good. What do you want to say, Sylvia? You know, I think Bloomberg is just totally underestimating just how smart farmers are. They have to know a lot of math. They have to know all about chemicals. They have to know about business. Uh, some of them even have degrees in agronomy, animal husbandry, um, even up to the point of having PhDs in that. Yeah. And, you know, so bugger him. <laughs> booger him booger you bloomberg you gotta be smart to yeah. look i just think back to napoleon dynamite when he's at the uh when he's at the 4-h um or the i'm sorry the future farmers of america festival and he picks up the milk and he drinks it and he goes the defect in that one is bleach and they go absolutely and you get into you he can tell what the defect from the milk is just by drinking it this one tastes like the cow got into an onion patch you know, I mean, that's basically that's a huge thing. You've got to know about animals. You've got to know about milk product. You've got to know about about weather systems. You've got to know about cattle futures. You've got to also probably mortgage your farm out the hilt. You've got to know about banking and business systems. It is not easy 
to be a farmer. And it is not something that a lot of people aspire to be because it's not that easy and because it's not that lucrative. And then all of a sudden you got all these farmers out there busting their butts day in, day in out. And they are there's a lot that's out of their control. You know, they can't control imports and exports. They can't control tariffs. They can't control the weather, earthquakes, famine, locusts, which are now apparently a thing again. They can't control any of that. And so when there is something they can control, like who is their president? They're probably going to pick somebody who's going to help them get through the rough times and not poop on them and say, oh, anybody can be a farmer. Take a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300. You could learn that. You could learn that. You can learn that. 855-765-1045. All right, listen, we got to listen, we got to do this. I know everyone's waving. They're like, stop. We got to get people. We're going to play uh, the redneck price is right. In honor of in honor of uh, Michael Bloomberg, uh, this is where we go in and we find some some items for sale that would be appreciated by a southern uh, audience. Hannah's going to read descriptions. It's me. And then uh, you're going to give us uh, the prices. If you can identify the price of these products, if you think you got a good not mine for uh, for redneck gifts, then give us a buzz. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. We will give you a Mark K show prize pack if you win. But you got to call now. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. More of the Mark K show coming up on 104.5 WOKV. This is the Marque Show. My name is Marque. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, in the handful of minutes we have left, we're going to play something we like to call Redneck Price is Right. Yeah! It's just like the regular Price is Right, only we do, uh, we find more like, you know, country fried items <laughs> that people might uh, might enjoy. And, you know, and it works well, works well with our audience. Uh, and speaking of our audience, let's meet our contestants. We've got Donald on the line from Middleburg. Hey, Donald, how are you? Oh, I just put him back. <laughs> Good job. Hold on. Uh, Donald? Yeah. Are you there? Whoa, how did I get here? Oh, God. What is happening? What? No, get me back. Hang on. Hang on. What happened? What happened? Oh, brother. How do I get this back to this Let Scott do it for now. Well, Scott, can you lock him in? Because I can't. Something happened to my keypad. I don't. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There we go. Is he... All right, he's locked in. Uh, Donald, you're going to be playing against Don today. Don, are you there? I'm here. Okay, I, okay, perfect. Don, Good luck, Don. We got Don and Don on the phone. Uh, Don and Don, here's what we're going to do. We are going to let Hannah describe to you an item, and then we're going to ask you how much you think the retail price is. If you're the closest without going over, you get a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins a Mark K. Show prize pack. Do we have any more of those Make Congress Great Again hats? That's a great question. I think we have one. We think we have one? All right, we're going to throw in a uh, Make Congress Great Again hat, too, because we think we have one of those. <laughs> awesome. Does that sound good? Okay, perfect. All right, here we go. Let's listen carefully as uh, Hannah describes our first item. Take it away, Hannah. All righty, our first item we have. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Our uh, first item we have. No, that was good. It worked for me. I, was just, going, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, anyway, go ahead, uh, Hannah. All right, we have River's Edge Cowboy Boot Toilet Brush Holder. Ooh. The toilet brush is included, of and course. it stands 12 inches tall, Ooh. and it's hand-painted poly resin. Mm, hand painted poly resin cowboy boot toilet brush holder brush included donald how much do you think that is uh 3250 3250 and don 1995 1995 hannah what is the actual retail price 22 dollars 56 look at that so the uh closest Woo! without going over is don with an awn not an on uh but that's okay still anyone's game don you're on the board with a point listen up here is item number two hannah Item number two is a bacon air freshener. Take that great bacon smell everywhere you go. It's four inches tall, and it comes with a string for hanging. Couldn't you just use bacon? I mean, just carry it on I mean, it has so much pocket. salt, you probably could preserve it. All right, bacon air freshener, four inches tall. Take that great bacon scent anywhere you go. comes with a string so you can hang it somewhere. Uh, we're going to start with you this time, Dawn. What do you think the retail price is of that? Uh, $4.95. $4.95. Donald, what do you think? Uh, $3. $3. Hannah, the actual retail price is? $4.69. Whoa, that oh, means... Oh, Don, so close. Donald oh. is the closest because Don went over by like 20 cents. That stinks. <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> All right, it's tied Smells up. like bacon. It's tied up one to one. Next up, Hannah, what do we got? All right, we have camo toilet paper. Mm. Attention all you urban rednecks. Do you love the outdoors and everything camo? Do you love the comfort and assurance of 100% cotton two-ply toilet paper? If you answered yes, do we have the toilet paper for you? Just remember, it's camo print, so it may blend no 
blend in with everything else you have. Yeah, your drawers. This includes your camo wallpaper, camo toilet paper, okay. and camo underwear. Lots of camo. Uh, camo, is it one roll? Yeah. All right, one roll of camo toilet paper, Donald. How much? A uh, dollar fifty. A dollar fifty, Dawn. Three dollars. Three dollars. Hannah. Five dollars and ninety-five cents. Look at that. Don, you're on the board again with a point. It's two to one. All right, we have time for one more item. Hannah, what's next? All right, next is Code Brown Commando's Emergency Underpants in a Can. It comes with three pairs, instant undies in compact tin container. Wait a minute. What is it? Underwear in a can? Uh, Three pairs. In three cans. Oh, for like an emergency? Yeah, Code Brown Commandos Emergency <laughs> Underpants in a can. Okay, Waterproof I got, undies. I got it. All right. What, uh, what do we, who's up? Don? Donald. Donald, what do you, th- oh, wait, was he, he was first last time. Don, what do you think for the three pack of underwear in a can? I'm going to say $14.95. $14.95. Donald. I'm going to say $20. $20. Hannah, actual retail price? $13.95. Everybody is wrong. Ooh. Which means, uh, with a score of two to one, Dawn, congratulations. You're our big winner today. You get the Mark K Show prize. But great job. You really know your redneck price is right. I'm cheap. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's <laughs> Well, I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to. Hey, everyone. Uh, hang, Don't tell everyone. Hang on one second, Dawn. We're going to hook you up. Great job. Uh, thanks uh, to both of our contestants today. Thanks to everyone who listened. We'll be back tomorrow for Whatever You Want Wednesday, and we'll prep you for the first ever Democratic debate featuring Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of uh, New York City, also former Republican. Now, that's all coming up tomorrow right here on the Markay Show. Stay tuned. Traffic, weather, news, and Rush Limbaugh is next. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.